Welcome to Notes from the North with Kyle and Sam. Welcome back to another episode of Notes from the North, your go-to Minnesota Vikings podcast within the Pigskin Podcast Network. Before we get started, we want to offer our thanks to Purple Pain Forums for allowing us to post our podcast there. So if you're looking for an online forum for passionate Vikings fans, feel free to check out purplepainforums.com. And Kyle and I are here again. We're back to another Friday morning recording, uh, fresh off of the head coach announcement, really. I know we've been waiting yep. for a while. One of the things I, was, I wanted to ask you right off the bat, because I know that there was a little bit of concern leading up to after the Super Bowl, the rumors of McVeigh all of a sudden retiring and what is it going to look like? Like, did you ever have some doubts about O'Connell actually making his way to, to Minnesota? Yeah, late Tuesday and then early Wednesday. I think it was Wednesday that the news broke, or maybe it might have even been Tuesday that the news broke, um, that, like, he's still planning on, you know, being signed, and this is all fine. There's no worries. He's just basically enjoying his time as a Super Bowl champion and didn't want him to go, like, back and forth, just do the celebration with his team, then get on the plane, move to Minnesota and be here and not have to go back to LA. And so you kind of see that rationale. So, oh gosh, whew, okay, no worries. But we're just, we're a team that have, we've been burned multiple times, not necessarily from coaches backing out, but just in various ways. And so there was a little bit of that nervousness. You're thinking to yourself, oh boy, this could be bad. This would be such a Vikings move if they ended up opting for O'Connell over Harbaugh. And then O'Connor backs out at the end because maybe McVeigh retires, or whatever. And so there was there was a few moments where you're thinking, oh boy, this could get bad. Yeah, I, it would have been like I don't know where you go from there after that. Like you, like yeah, <laughs> it was it has been pretty um, set. Like it, this has been it was it was set for a couple of weeks. Exactly. Um, it would have been obviously you you find someone else, but it would have been a tough tough start to the off season. Uh, yes. to get spurred by spy uh, coach but he's in and and I know that uh, from what I've read and from what I saw people are excited brings a lot of energy um, one of the things I was going to refer back to is we you and I had a conversation and I was actually thinking we could probably do a podcast and all the things we said we'd talk about next time and just never get to <laughs> yeah right exactly it's yeah. uh it's like oh yeah you know what we'll talk more about that next time and it just doesn't happen because yeah you know, excited with the latest news uh but one of the things we had talked about was how early Kirk Cousins gets brought up and we had actually from my memory it was more about the GM and how quickly does the GM uh yes. get yep. asked questions about Kirk Cousins and Kirk Cousins future and you it's the line at 2.5 uh the the interview with the GM Quazy, it really like there was a lot of focus on him, him as a person, yes, who that's he right. is, his background, what he's bringing. I know a few people are asking about analytics and kind of different ways, and uh, yeah. But with O'Connell, it was the second question asking yeah. about about Kirk Cousins, and I I thought that was interesting um, because while the coach has some power and some responsibility and he's really the one that's going to be working directly with cousins uh he doesn't have the same amount of control of his future in terms of negotiating the deals and and making the trades no that's true uh but what i would say to that 
effect. And what I think the Vikings have done reasonably well in the past is generally speaking, they allow their head coach to have a fair bit of say on who stays and who goes. And so I almost think of it like if there's a restaurant, uh, Kevin O'Connell is the chef. He's putting together the meals. And so, you know, this, this is the old Bill Parcells quote. You want me to make the meal, at least let me have a say in the ingredients, right? Like, let me have a say on the players who are brought in. And so if I think Kevin O'Connell really said, you know what, I can't make the meal with, with Kirk Cousins, then I think Kweisi Adolfo-Mensa would, would look toward a deal. Um, so O'Connell technically does not have the power to trade him, to cut him, to do anything like that. True. But his say on whether or not, yeah, he's a key part of what we're going to do moving forward, that's huge. I, I, that's, that's my understanding. And, and we'll wait to see how it plays out with the current leadership. But that is how a healthy, functional franchise works. And that's how Minnesota has worked in the past. Not that we're always healthy and functional, but this is one measure of uh, basic competence. Is, is a good relationship, good working relationship between coach and general manager. Well, well that's fair. It, uh, I guess my kind of thought is like, what else is he going to say in the introductory press conference? Precisely. Precisely. He couldn't say anything else, right? No. Like, what, what are you going to like say? Like, you're going to say, well, yeah, you know, we're going to wait and see like you, that, that you don't want that being the news coming out of the first press conference. that there's a little bit of doubt or, or whatever. And like, it, yeah. it does nothing for the team whether they're going to keep him or not to put any doubt out there in that first conference. I like, I don't know. I, to me, it kind of, it's not like, Oh man, I'm really excited that O'Connell's speaking highly of cousins. Cause that was exactly no. what he's going to do. It would have been notable. If he said, I love Kirk cousins. He will be the starter in week one. Definitively that, that would have been, but I don't think he said that at least not in so far as I've seen um, so I think right now it's just part of the course. Just said mostly positive things, but nothing particularly bold. And maybe this is a good transition, particularly bold in terms of Kirk Cousins is the man. He will be leading us into battle in 2022. Expect him under center from the get-go. Yeah. And and so this is where we are. And, and you mentioned this bold, and I think that or these the like the not have anything bold. And I what Kyle and I maybe um at least I can speak for myself. I'm not often the bold kind of person. I don't come out and throw a whole bunch of stuff uh, out and, and say anything that's going to be too controversial. But today we wanted to have a little bit of fun. Uh, it's early in the off season. We got nothing to lose. And Kyle and I have been floating ideas back and forth about what to talk about on the podcast. And Kyle came up with this idea of three bold predictions for the Vikings and the Vikings off season. And so we've been kind of running back and forth a little bit, trying to figure out what this is going to look like. Uh, and so we kind of have settled on this, where we're each going to go back and forth and have one bold prediction, specifically about roster moves. Uh, and we've broken it down to three categories here. So we got um, a one bold decision regarding free agency, one bold decision regarding the draft, and one bold decision just regarding the current roster as it's constructed and uh, we'll see if that means moving someone in, moving someone out, maybe extensions. Um, it, uh, we're, it's going to be interesting to see. I, I don't know what Kyle's going to say. He has no idea what I'm going to say. So hopefully there's no overlap because that would be really boring, but I think hopefully if it's bold enough uh, that maybe this is new or, or someone else isn't thinking this, uh, already. So I am going to start, I'm going to go in 
in a different order than what I presented them. So I'm going to say the first move uh, that we're going to start with is the the roster move. So what's currently constructed on the roster, what what you're going to do. Uh, we'll move to the draft second, and then we'll move to free agency third. Partially because I just that. haven't haven't settled on my free agency one yet. I'm uh, yeah, flying okay. by the seat of my pants here. But uh, Kyle, what's your bold roster move to to start us off? Okay, so I'm, I I did mention this the same beforehand. And I'll explain it here now. I'm basing all of this on the idea of the Godfather offer. I'm going to make you an offer that you can't refuse. And so this is either the Vikings making an offer to a player to a team to bring someone in, or they get offered something that they just can't refuse. Something that's so valuable that they say to themselves, "You know what? It's a difficult move, but this is the Godfather offer. I can't refuse it." And shout out to Max Bolton from the Athletic. I got this idea from him. The idea of the Godfather offer that uh, that is. So number one, current roster, we are trading away Daniil Hunter. And we're doing so for a bare minimum of a first round pick, perhaps more. Uh, I'm saying first round pick because DeForest Buckner, who is an excellent defensive lineman, he got traded uh, to the Colts and the, the cost was just a single first round pick. And I was also thinking of Unique Ngakwe. He got traded to the Vikings and that was for a two and a fifth, conditional fifth that could have gone up to a third, depending on him reaching certain milestones. But that was very late in the offseason, uh, you know, just before the season began, in fact. And I think it's safe to say that Unique Ngakwe isn't the player that Daniel Hunter is. And there is, you know, a long standoff there between them. So I think those circumstances, and by between them, I mean between Ngakwe and the Jaguars, there's a long standoff there. And so I think the league knew that the Jags were in a tough spot, et cetera. And so with that in mind, I'm kind of saying to myself, Daniel Hunter, a minimum of first, perhaps even just a single first, given the injury history and the price tag. Uh, but I'm assuming that, uh, you know, the, the, the team who receives him will be paying a fair bit less because uh, the Vikings are going to have to eat some of that money, right? And so if they do trade him, they save $14.6 million, but then they'll have $11.48 million left in dead money, right? And then one thing that is good for the receiving team is Hunter is actually under contract for one more season after this one, right? So it's not like you're saying to yourself, okay, yes, he's coming off the injury, and then there's this season alone. You actually have two seasons of Hunter under contract. So I would think that that's appealing to the team trading for him, right? And that you have a little bit more time to uh, just perhaps have him on your team or work out a new extension or a new deal, whatever the case may be. So I'm saying the Godfather offer for Daniel Hunter, and I'm not thinking like the Lions at 32. I'm thinking relatively high, right? Let's, let's say top half of the draft uh, for the potential it gives you in terms of bringing in a really talented player uh, for the way that it eliminates some of the uncertainty in terms of will Hunter be healthy uh, and then obviously the cap savings. Uh, so that that's my bold move or trading away Daniel Hunter. Okay. And I think that makes like, I'm okay with that. Like I, I you've been a big Hunter fan. So I know that that Love hurts him. you a little bit. Love uh, him. To, to frame that. And I had actually thought about this too. Um, I guess there's a couple concerns of if, if someone is going to give that up for a player who has not really played a whole lot the last couple of years. Um, but I think on the other end, you look at it and in terms of cap savings, he is the second trading him outside of Kirk Cousins is the player that you save the most amount of cap by trading uh, as long as that's up pre, pre-June 1st. And so uh, 
$14.64 million is what they would save by trading him away, uh, which is a significant amount of money, um, especially considering that right now they're projected at just over 16 million over the cap. And I know there's, there's a lot of wiggle room and there's things going to change moving forward, but um, certainly create some, some space and to bring in a uh, top 16 draft pick is kind of what you're suggesting. Yep. It would be uh, quite, quite nice beside that 12, or 12 overall pick. Yes, exactly. So that, that's my, that's my first bold one. Uh, should we do back and forth here? What's, what's your bold move? Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm hoping this is bold enough. Um, but I am extending Kirk Cousins, but I'm not extending him for the three years that I've seen suggested. Uh, I'm extending him for five years. Yo, dear, five years. That is bold. And wow. why five years? I Because I think that that allows for you to get that number further down. I. I, again, yes, it's yeah, that is true. Yeah, the longer it, it is, the more you can save money in the short term. Yeah, and I like my I say that not hoping that they keep Kirk Cousins for the next five years. Um, but there, there's a possibility of trading at some point. But my thought is like, I know there's the hope of bringing in someone else at quarterback. You have this idea, this, this dream of drafting next Patrick Mahomes or bringing this in, and like those guys just are few and far between. Uh, yes. And so my thought is that there's no one in the draft this year that I think you're picking and you're saying that's the quarterback of the future. Uh, I know there's a few names floating around, but it just, there just doesn't seem to be that guy. I don't think the Vikings are going to take a quarterback at, at 12 or wherever they end up picking in the first round. Um, that's going to be that guy. So you're looking at at least next year at the earliest drafting that, that quarterback of the future uh, with the plan of them developing for a couple of years. And so my thought, and I, again, as bold, it, it would be difficult. It's a long time to commit to a quarterback that a lot of people uh, um, argue is, is mediocre. Um, but I do believe that by extending him for that long, you can give yourself more space to work with this year. And, and I think that with football, the way this works is often you end up having um, like people just punt these decisions down the road uh, where right. you just you right. push, push money down the road and it's someone else's problem in a few years. I, again, I'm, I'm almost talking myself out of it as I'm saying it, but, but I'm sticking with it. Big I think that's, that's guns. more bold than what I proposed because the five, the five years is a fair bit because Kirk Cousins is 33. Now he's, he never gets hurt, and you could you could even argue that he has gotten better. At 31, he was better. At 32, he was better. At 33, he was better. So rather than a decline into his 30s, you could you could even say that he's still taking steps forward. And so it's possible that his next season will be the best one yet, right? Or you no, or whatever the case may be. So I don't. I would be shocked if this happened, but th- this would be a very bold move. Yeah. Well, so like I. Th- I feel like I've seen a lot of people talk about extending him for three years, which feels that doesn't feel as bold. Um, <laughs> it's not, no, it's definitely not. And so like maybe you, you say four years, but, but um, yeah, I, that's, that's the move that I see right now. Like you, you can't yep. go into next year. I think with that $45 million cap, it, uh, like yep. it just doesn't feel like it's possible. And so um, this is, is one solution. I, the hope it would need to be conditional on that number being significantly lower. Like 
I like, I think even like under the $35 million that I've kind of seen, it look like it's going to be spread out to, uh, it would, the hope is by extending by five years, it's, it's more kind of, you get that number below 30 million. Um, so that's the bold move. All right. Let's move to the draft draft. I'm, I'm, I'm really curious on this one for, for where you're going. This one might be frustrating to some because it's going to bring up memories of Spielman. But I'm going to say the Vikings trade down, trade down from 12th. And they do so, again, because of a godfather offer. And so I'm basing this off of last season. The Chicago Bears wanted to go from number 20 to number 11. Keep in mind, the Vikings are at 12. So 11 and 12, obviously, are quite close. And so the Bears wanted to hop up to 11th because they love Justin Fields and thought he was going to be the franchise QB. And so to do so, they traded uh, the 20th pick, a fifth round pick, and then a future first, and then a future fourth. And that future first ended up being the seventh overall pick in this year's draft, right? And so it's two firsts, a fourth, and a fifth. And that, and that future first ends up being, you know, top 10, number seven overall. And so to my mind, if... If some of those QBs start to fall, some of the more, there's no consensus, but let's, let's say one or two or three, there's a, a consensus builds and one or two of the teams who pick further down love this guy and think, you know, this could be the franchise quarter. So I'm thinking the Saints at 18, I'm thinking the Steelers are at 20. I'm thinking the Buccaneers, I believe are at 27, the Lions are at 32. So you have several teams who, need a new quarterback needs their, their franchises basically in transition. Right. So it's plausible to me that one of these teams could fall in love with the player, believe that they won't fall to 18, 20, 27, whatever the case may be, and make that godfather offer, which is to say the current. So hopping from say, let's say the saints at 18. So eight saints going from 18 to 12. Could that also involve a future first and then more? And if so, then I think the Vikings say yes. And so that, that's that's my godfather offer. And that's, a I would think, a reasonably bold move, but one that is actually quite wise. Yeah, I it um, it almost doesn't feel bold because of what, what's happened in the past. But at the same time, yeah. like you if you're able to get that kind of haul, like obviously things, things fell really yeah. well for the Bears. Um, or sorry, for, for, the, for the, the Giants for the giants trading to uh, with the, with the bears there like that, like it, I'm Justin Fields. If he turns out great bear bears, don't think twice. Um, exactly. Doesn't matter. But um, yeah, that, that's kind of that, I, that to me feels like the best uh, best case scenario of someone yep. like of that happening with the team you're trading for. But yeah, if you can, if you can move down further into the first, like what I've seen and what I've read, it seems like um, kind of between in terms of like grading, uh, there's a lot of um, like those players after like the first four or five between that and, and 25, like there maybe there's a chance there's not a huge discrepancy between those. Uh, and so yep. like if you feel like you can get a player that works for you uh, that that you can do, I, I think that's a good that's a good move. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Right. And so. It just takes one, ideally two teams to fall in love with somebody. And if they do, then you can start a bidding war, right? And if you have that bidding war, then you can maybe get future firsts. Teams will move future firsts 
if they believe that they're getting their next franchise quarterback. And so that's what, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That, that's, that just never made sense to me, but um, that's, uh, that's just what I, I guess that's the way the NFL works. Well, I'm going to go for my, uh, my, my draft pick here, uh, bold move. And I, you know what, maybe I'll, I'll cool off the, the heat that I brought from, from the first one. Um, that's right. I, part of my bold move is that the Vikings do not trade down, that they actually stay and pick for the highest time, uh, they have since they took, is it, was it, um, I was looking this up earlier who the, who they, they took it a ninth overall a few years ago or no 11th. Uh, this is the highest pick defense since Trey, Trey, Wayne's. Trey Wayne's. Yeah. Trey Wayne's. Ninth would have been bar. Yeah. Uh, and, and ninth was bar in, in 2014. And so this is the highest pick they've had since 2015. Um, mm-hmm. And again, I know that this is maybe not popular among Vikings fans, but I do believe that the position that you go for at that 12th pick is cornerback. It feels like the position that the team doesn't have like an elite option or, or a really positive option at this point. I, I know that there's a need, like I know you've talked about edge being a, a position that you really want to take someone. Um, I know there's there's concerns with the offensive line. Uh, you have some of these premier positions. Uh, I just I feel like cornerback is the position that this team really needs some better options at, and I know that it hasn't always worked out in the past. Uh, but I, I do believe there's a few guys there from what I've read at the near the top of the draft board, and uh, that's the position that I'm targeting. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think. Um you know, this would be a good transition for my next point with the next bold prediction. Um, but corner has been probably, probably the most commonly mocked to the Vikings, various corners. Um, and there's a huge need, a huge need. The concern in a sense is that you bring one of these dudes in and they might end up being an excellent player. Um, but it usually takes time. It usually takes time. And so if you're saying, you know, we're picking player x or y to be your cornerback one that's a tough ask in the rookie year and it might even be a tough ask in the, in the sophomore season so uh, just because i think it's so challenging to play corner um in the nfl not that i know but that's the sense i have and so i like the move in a lot of ways uh but i i won't be surprised if it happens but i do wonder it gives me a little bit of pause yeah and that, that's fair. Yeah. I, the, so you, you mentioned that that, that kind of leads you into your next point. And I'm actually, this is the one where I'm wondering if there might be some overlap, but, but I want to hear your, your final bold prediction as it pertains to free agency. Okay. So this is the previous two or Godfather offers uh, teams approaching the Vikings saying, we will give you this. This is going to be the team approaching um either a player or a team and making an offer to acquire in this case, a corner, a true number one corner. So with free agency, I'm looking to either JC Jackson or Carlton Davis young number one corners, or if they wanted to go the trade route, I'm thinking Xavier Howard from the dolphins Howard. And then I'm thinking Marshawn Lattimore from the saints. The cost would be astronomical to get either Howard or Lattimore, but they're both true number one corners. Uh, but if they wanted to be bold, 
you know, my thinking with Howard is that there's you know, previously been, he requested the trade this past off season. And so that's a possibility in that sense. And then with Lattimore, the Saints are in just such a financial mess. Uh, it's conceivable that perhaps they would look to trade away some of their kind of marquee star players, given that they're probably not going to compete over these next two, three seasons. They really need to reload. And so if the Vikings did make them a godfather offer, which is to say an offer they couldn't refuse, huge draft capital or something like that, and also help to alleviate some of their cap concerns, perhaps they'd be willing to make the move. Don't think it's likely, but those are two two players that I kind of thought of as excellent corners, uh, still have years left in them. If they want to go the free agency route uh, for either Jackson or Davis, it's going to have to, in a sense, be a godfather offer in that so many teams are going to want to sign these two. And so I would lean towards J.C. Jackson just because there are concerns with Davis and his health. Uh, but that would be my big move. Uh, Howard, Lattimore, Davis, and then uh, Jackson, I think it's the fourth, J.C. Jackson, have one of these guys in a purple uniform next season as your true number one corner. Yeah, and I, that that makes a lot of sense. And I think that's, like, this is where I said, I think there's some overlap here. And, like, obviously, I think that it would be great to spend some money on the offensive line in this offseason. But uh, to pair with my my uh, my drafting of a cornerback, I, I also would spend, I think that's, you spend the biggest money um, this offseason on, on a corner. And so Jackson and Davis are, are the two I know uh, at the top of uh, the athletics top 75 free agent board. And, and I think those are, those are big names. And you mentioned it's concern and free agency. You can get burned. Um, I guess I, maybe this is even a question for you. Like, I know you, you mentioned Davis with the injury concerns uh, and Jackson, like what's the term that you see on those guys and, and what it would maybe take to bring them in? Like is, is, four years, five years, is that what you're looking at? Or is that like, I know maybe that's too much. They're both young guys. I would suspect that it's four to five years at least kind of thing. Yeah. Four to five years seems about right. And then you're probably talking about at the very least high teens, 17, 18 million a year kind of thing. If I had to guess just right at this precise moment, not that I've really crunched the numbers and done all the comparables, et cetera, et cetera. But that would be my best guess, four year, four by 18, five by 18. And obviously, you know, those bare bones numbers are one thing, but you can manipulate it. So there's, you know, more guarantees towards the start, less guarantees towards the end, make it easier to cut or move on or extend or whatever the case may be. So there's a lot of finer details within those kind of basic numbers. But yeah, that would be my best guess, four or five years, high teens at the very least. Yeah. So, so then is it maybe, maybe part of the bold prediction here is then like, are you okay with signing one of those guys to a six or seven year deal to secure and to like go past what some of these other teams are, are maybe offering? No, no, I think that's foolish. And I, and I think for the most, you really don't see, it's different from hockey where in hockey, you see like six year deals, seven, eight year deals pretty commonly. You don't see that as much in the NFL. And so I, I think that'd be foolish. Um, I don't even know. I, I'm, yeah, I think that'd be foolish. Yeah. Three, three, three to five years would be my, my range. Yeah. No, it's good. This is, you're, you're the expert. This is, this is <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. 
it's good yeah. Wait, i yeah i that that makes sense so like for you it's you're it's you're you would rather spend more money on a four to five year deal than than go beyond that five years uh, even if it means lowering that that cap it just because it's a significant commitment exactly yeah. exactly that's that's, that's me that's fair and do you do you have a sense in terms of like if you had to pick one would, would you lean davis or jackson i like it seems like davis is um i don't know i, I davis maybe comes in a little cheaper um and so maybe do that I, because of the injury concerns but i don't know i you just like it I don't want to mess around with injuries in some ways. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. you, even if you get a guy, like, do you, do you want a, a cheaper guy that's playing 75% of the games or, or what? So I don't know. Maybe I'll, maybe Jackson, uh, then I know that's a significant get like that is a, like on this board, I think he's, he's fourth, uh, in terms of free agents and like that, that you're falling behind Devonte Adams. Orlando Brown Jr. and Chris Godwin, like um, that's a that's a significant get. Um, so I I do feel like this defense some some pieces really need to change, and there are some good good pieces in there. But as we were doing our reviews uh, of the offense and the defense and what to be hopeful for, there certainly is some pieces missing on this defense. Uh, yeah, that's right. And so corner does feel like at least for me one of the most important places to prioritize. And, and that's kind of where I was going both in free agency and the draft. Yeah, true enough. And I, I would lean Jackson for really, basically for that reason, just being available. Um, so even if it costs a couple million more a year, it might be worth it if it means 17 game starter. Um, so fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, like really, like you think about the, the difference in play of – having someone for, for 17 games, like even if you have a better player, but only plays 12 games and then you got to put someone else in there for the other five. Um, when you take it into account over the 17 game season, like you need people that are around and like the Vikings have been burned the last couple of years. And part of that, you just have to be able to navigate injuries and you have to have a, a deep enough team where you can sustain that. Um, but at the same time, you, you need your best players on the field. And so um Yep. Yeah. I take the healthy guy. Fair enough. Yep. Fair enough. Good. How are you feeling now after uh, bold predictions? Feeling bold, I suppose. It's probably a good thing that neither of us are really have any power at all in terms of the organization. <laughs> We'd probably run it into the ground. So it's uh, signing Kirk Cousins to a 13 year deal. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. That's right. Fully guaranteed the whole way. Yeah, exactly. With void yeah. years. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. That's right. Yeah. No, I, you know what? I, we're, we're having fun here, but I, I feel um, quite confident in those that are in leadership. Um, and me too. In some ways, I actually feel like, maybe, like I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I have, a, I have a complete sense of where they are, but like in some ways, you're hoping for more of a shrewd manager than a, than a bold manager. Uh, obviously you need people to make the hard decisions and maybe that's the difference sometimes in how you interpret what it is to be bold. Uh, for me, sometimes it means like swinging big. Um, but for you, I think you've also taken it to like being able to make hard decisions where you take your, you're maybe trading away or cutting players that have been around this team 
our fan favorites uh, exactly. around. And so um, maybe that's more the, the side of the bull day they're playing in terms of making some mm-hmm. hard decisions about, about guys that we love. We've seen, they've been great memories uh, for Vikings fans. Uh, but at the end of the day, I don't really care who's on the roster. Um, just want to win. Just win, baby. Just win. Cool. Any last uh, words, any plugs before we wrap up here? Nothing too wild. Just take care of yourselves. Appreciate you listening. If you like written stuff, I write for PTSD.com. Otherwise, uh, take care and uh, appreciate you. You, listener. Sounds like a plan. You, specifically you. That's <laughs> right. Listening. Yeah. Right. <laughs> because we only have one listener. Uh, no, yeah. there's... Uh, there's we're, we're, we're thankful for, for the many of you that listen. So uh, take care, everyone. And uh, we'll be back next week.